are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. If you're just joining us, thanks for your time. We are talking about uh, mergers this week like we always do. Can't have a program without covering that, but the main one of the week is the uh, proposed merger of Walgreens and Rite Aid. You know what? I've never been in a Rite Aid, I don't believe. Seen them all the time as I travel, but have you been in a Rite Aid? Yeah, I grew up uh, in an area of the country where there was nothing but Rite Aids. They're more over kind of in like Ohio and yeah. the area. I think in, the mid, in the, in the uh, eastern part of the Midwest. Right, right. Yep. Lots of folks over there, so a lot of people, I guess. Uh, do you think they'll still be called Rite Aid and just owned by Walgreens? No, they've said they're... it's going to, the Rite Aid name will phase out over time and it will be, all become Walgreens. Well, be good business to be in if you uh, make the signs uh, for Walgreens. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of them. Well, yeah, because I think CHI, CHI spent like over 2 or $3 million in replacing all their signs, so imagine replacing all the signs at a Walgreens, you know, across the country, or Rite Aid, it's all across the country. I think there's like 6,000 of them. I'm, there's tons of money to be made in signage right now. Jeez Louise. All right, let's look at some myths of ACA reporting. And I'm gonna, before I even get into the list of this article, it looks like seven myths of ACA reporting. You can find it on uh, Employee Benefit, Benefit News, pretty good resource. Uh, number one myth uh, I have right now is... Um, Doing nothing is a myth uh, because you really have to do something here, at least show a reasonable effort to comply with the law. Yeah, you have to fill out the forms. Right. So, <laughs> anyways, if you, number one, you have um, purchased a software, and a lot of people are pushing software solutions out there. However, I don't know that it's necessarily needed. Edie Bellis has both. We We have a software system that can do it, and then we also have a standalone service that we can just do it for you. And then we also have a consultant on our team that can physically just handle it all for you. If you just want to just send them your payroll data, they can make that all happen. Uh, but a lot of people are purchasing this software, using it to track variable hours employees. I'd say a decent idea. The thing is, if you're going to do that, you need to find a um, program that, number one, um, understands all of the things within the law so you need to you know do your research and then number two you still are going to have to have a human looking and analyzing that just to make sure that it's not a problem and well and don't forget that you'd have to have somebody on staff who can actually handle the software and make sure that it actually functions and works properly right <laughs> right okay number two uh i had less than 100 and full-time equivalents last year so i don't have to report uh that is a common thought by many people again not not true not a right even if you do qualify for the transitional relief you're still going to have to fill out these forms and you're still going to have to you know give these to your employees to let them know that you didn't offer them coverage so let's go to the number three i employed more than 50 full-time equivalent employees during 2017 but i don't offer uh, medical benefits. So again, this is a person that's not offering coverage, and again, you still have to. There, there is a little box that says I didn't offer coverage, so you're still going to have to do that. And don't they, if they're over fifty, have to pay a penalty of some type, or is that more than fifty? I can't recall that. Uh, well, 
originally in the law it was more than 50, but the government gave a transitional relief for one year, and that is one of the things that they are able to qualify for. Number four, my payroll vendor has all the required information. I think that's not a, a, a necessarily true, especially as it relates to benefit information. They're, you know, you're going to have to be able to track that. For example, figuring out if an employee waives their benefits, you're going to, and I don't know that necessarily a payroll company would have that. I so, don't know that they would either. I'm telling you, Edie Bellis is in a niche market. We, we kind of are really solving a need that a lot of people need. And that's what we're here for. Number five, I can just read instructions and figure out how to complete the forms. Good luck if, with that. If, yeah, if, if you think that, uh, that you can do that and, and you're fine with that, um, fantastic, great. Um, I'd also have some land in the Pacific Ocean I'd love to sell you. Yeah, I've got oceanfront property here in Nebraska. I'll right. sell you if you can figure that out. Good luck. Because it's 14 pages. And it's written for tax and benefit experts. So, you know. And then even then, most tax and benefit experts have trouble even understanding those documents and have to go to attorneys. I can't wait to, and decide later this year how I'm going to meet the reporting requirements. Don't wait. Yeah, I mean, we're already approaching the fourth quarter. It's probably a good idea to get that happening now. And then another myth is there aren't going to be any fines. Oh, you know, there's no going to be fines. Oh, might I remind you uh, of the Congressional Budget Office that said uh, over the next 10 years, was it 130 or $160 billion? $130. $130 billion in penalties over the next 10 years. So the fact that you think that there aren't going to be any fines next year is not a fact. That's uh, fiction. That's right. It's total fiction. And when you look at the forms, and this is the last, you know, I actually kind of hate having to talk about this because this show is America's Healthcare Challenge. But you saw it. You saw the Congressional Budget Office. They had four little taxes in there. Well, one of them was a combination of them all. And this is obviously one of them. So I, I, I have a duty to talk about uh, this issue on this program. Yeah, no. And we have a duty to talk about the medical device tax. We have a duty to talk about the Cadillac tax, which always comes up on the show. And, and those are just two others. That that we that we're touching on here just today, right? Let alone you know we did, they did a cash uh, a tax on insurance companies for their based upon their market share. They um, I don't know. A few well, let's re- remember they gave a ton of money to pharmaceutical companies to cut their costs, so there was a bailout right there. Right. And how much did they take out of Medicare to help prop up the Affordable Care Act? Exactly. It was like six hundred billion six hundred million dollars. Right. <laughs> Anyways, that's yeah. Like I said, I don't want to have to talk about this, but we have to. And for the next six months, um, we're going to because employers need to do this service, and it's probably a smart idea to give us a call. And that's all I'm going to say. Yep. And <laughs> we 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 here at Ed Bellis, we can do pretty much anything. And I'm uh, glad that uh, I work for an organization that does nothing but solve problems for everyday individuals. That's right. Well, thank you, Alan. And more on edbellisinc.com slash ACA reporting. You can watch our on-demand videos, which show you how easy it is with, uh, to work with us. It's really probably worth your time. So go ahead and check it out. And we'll be right back with our final thoughts and um, discussing a new speaker. <laughs>